Hello and welcome to Ilani Talks, a podcast focused on redefining self-care and love for your mental health. I'm your host, Ilani Salcedo. Throughout the podcast episodes, I share my own experiences while others feature some truly wonderful guests. This week's episode, I'm joined by Nicole Rose Antonekia, who speaks about the content in her book, Beautifully Broken. In the format of a memoir, this ebook is one of the best I've read so far, from storytelling to being a literal page turner. She writes and talks in our conversation about experiences with abuse, addiction, grief, family, redemption, and how she overcame a lot of obstacles through willingness. If there are children in your space or these sensitive topics are something you're going through, feel free to skip this episode or use some headphones at your own discretion. Nicole, I am beyond excited and honored for you trusting me enough to come on an episode with me today. Hi, Ilani. It's so good to be here. I'm so glad you invited me. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Before getting deep into our topic today, I want to ask you two questions. What do you do and what do you want to be known for? I I listen to your other podcasts and... I love those two staple questions that you ask everyone because it gets gives the audience a chance to get to know them. But um, right, exactly, I'm a cosmetologist slash barber. I cut men's hair for a living, and I do shaves at the Ridgewood Man in Ridgewood, New Jersey. And then I also do friends and family and other women's hair on the side for myself. That's the first question, and then um. What I want to be known for is how I made people feel. I love making people laugh and making them feel good about themselves, whether it's in my work or otherwise. And I read a quote once that people will not remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And I believe that that's why I'm blessed to have so many promising relationships in my life. That's beautiful. Thanks, Lonnie. Of course. No, I agree with you too, because I I forgot what happened or what I was thinking about. And I was just like, I don't remember that situation exactly, but I know exactly what it made me feel. And it made me actually think of that quote as well. I love that quote. Mm -hmm. Your book, Beautifully Broken, is what we're here to talk about most. But before we get into it, I would love to know when was the first time you thought of writing a book and what motivated you to finally start? The first time I thought about writing a book was probably about eight years ago Mm -hmm. after I had been through another crazy chaotic experience without getting into the details of my book. And so that was about 2012. My life had taken so many crazy turns up until that point, and I was beginning to want to make a change. I figured that the tragedy then and redemption would make a great story but I needed time to accomplish the redemption part (laughs) (laughs) so it was really just a fleeting thought but through the years as events would happen I would think to myself I really should write this stuff down you can't make this shit up Mm -hmm. and my grandfather also always encouraged me to write he thought I was fabulous with short poems although I didn't agree with time he would always say to me Nikki just write it down and then you could compile it all and just publish it what finally happened was that I experienced an incredible loss and I couldn't sleep through the night 
and I began to write pieces of the book on my phone, actually, in my notes. Then May 2019, I lost the job that I had. I prayed for direction and God told me to finish my book. And that's what I did. Yeah, I remember you wanting to write a book. The times Years ago, right? Yes, years ago, I would tell you and you would say, you should start, you should start. And I would always have encouragement, but I never had the drive to really start. And then, like I said, once I, I experienced a loss, it just came to me. That's probably one... Well, definitely with your book, it's when the magic happens, really. You have to be motivated by something that happens or, you know, something you hear, something you go through. So I'm I'm really glad you've been able to do that. Me too. And when I started writing, Yelani, it feels like, like I prayed for the direction and then mm-hmm. I, I feel like it was divinely inspired because once I started typing, I, I just couldn't stop. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's the best work. I know. (laughs) Can you share with the audience what your book is about? My, in in a very, very short summary, my book is about my life, the abuse I endured as a child, physically and emotionally. It's about loss of loved ones and turning to drugs and alcohol to numb out all the pain and the problems that I began to encounter as my addiction took hold. Yet, mm. and it's about hope, redemption, never giving up the hope, and making it to the other side. Perfect so summary. It's not all sad. It's not all sad. Yeah. As I was um, prepping for, for this conversation, I was like, oh, my God, I just wish we could just, like, read your whole entire book instead of asking these questions. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I feel so blessed to have the support that I, that I have so far mm. with the book and that you took the time to – read it and have me on to speak about it yeah of course I couldn't pass it up as soon as I read it and I was talking to my my sister Amanda as you know she read it also and she was like oh I think you should have her on a podcast episode and I was like you read my mind because I was thinking that too um, but I'm glad you said yes because I know this is um this is a huge thing for you um, and your book and the content in it so I just of course wanted to make it as comfortable as possible no, you definitely, you definitely did that. And I'm so glad that I'm here to be able to talk about it. But I told you before, when you asked me, like, at first I was reluctant because right. it's easier for me to write than to public speak nowadays. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Escaping is a theme all throughout the book. When you first turned to weed and alcohol during middle school and high school, when did it begin to be a need versus something that was just the in thing to do with your friends? When I read this question, Yolani, I was like, wow, she, this is a really great question. I don't believe I was physically dependent on weed and alcohol at first mm-hmm. for quite some time. I may have never really been physically dependent on, on those two things as opposed to the other substances that come up throughout my story. But It was a need from the moment I tried both substances because it kicked off a mental obsession for me and I needed the escape it provided for my reality right away. So I guess the need came shortly after, but definitely like not physically dependent till like later on. Mm, Okay. Yeah, the way, the reason why I posed that question is also the timing in life, like middle school and high school, like those ages 
a lot of the times people might just do it for fun. So I thought it was a also a good perspective to just kind of give it real quick or even to ask that right. question. You know? No, definitely. And, and, and I, I also share in my book that like from the beginning, the first time I smoked weed with my friends, I didn't even like it. So it probably was some type of need to fit in like socially as well. But I did like the escape essentially that we were talking about that it provided yeah. right away. Yeah. When you had pills the first time and saw how that made you feel, I know your environment then didn't help either, but what inside of you made this in addition to the substances you were already using? When I did pills for the first time, I believe it was Xanax for my father's weight. When I felt the effects produced by Xanax, the extremely calm, carefree attitude, it's something that I just wanted over and over again because I always felt so tense. And in addition to everything else, that probably just was another way of escaping in a way, right? Yes. I mean, that particular drug, it just gives you such a carefree attitude. And mm-hmm. and I was escaping the death, like the reality of the death that had just occurred in my life and just how it felt like my world was going to slowly start to crumble. Yeah. So much going on all at once. Yeah. Fast forward to when you're older, knee deep into your addiction that was running your life, going to prison, rehab, and finding yourself pushing your own limits. Hearing it in summary like this is nothing compared to the way you wrote it in Beautifully Broken. Can you give advice for anyone going through anything or everything I just mentioned? My advice to anyone who is struggling in life, whether it be with addiction, alcoholism, rehab, or a prison sentence, I would say to never give up hope. In my 12-step program, they say no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we can see how our experience can benefit others. And I guess that's why I wrote my book, to let anyone know that has come from a difficult upbringing, circumstances, or their own demons, that there is a way out and the cycle can be broken. All that is required is a little bit of willingness. And to me, willingness means action. And that may be to take the first step to go to a meeting if you're struggling with addiction or alcoholism. That may mean to make a positive contribution in prison, maybe joining a self-help group or participating in something positive. Any small change, making a small positive change, I think that's willingness and willingness will grow on its own as long as you continue to take action. And the action of helping others has saved me a million times over. So that would be the advice I would give anyone struggling in any of those situations. I love the word willingness. I think it just thank you. Yeah, I think it just encompasses so much of that. Yeah, taking action, taking that first step, and hopefully being able to continue with you know whatever you're going through. Yeah, I love the word willingness too. And like to me, you know, when someone maybe first hears it, it's like, how do I muster up willingness? Like, what is willingness? But in 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 the simplicity of it all, I really feel like. It is action. So that's how I define it. And one small step at a time, you know? Right. And that's a great reminder too. One step at one small step at a time, because I feel like we, people could get really discouraged because, 
we're looking at the end goal and we're like, okay, how in the world are we getting there? But it's just like the little steps make it there, you know? Exactly, exactly. And that's with anything. That's with something as simple as a diet or a workout routine, you know? Exactly. We have to start somewhere. Yeah. How you illustrated and shared the difficult moments for yourself from the trauma you've been through, how that developed, abuse, and so forth, was so incredibly moving to read. I generally had tears in my eyes most of the book, but seeing yourself where you are today, what led you to never give up? In my heart, Ilani, I always knew that I had an idea of how I thought that I really should be. I felt like I was capable of more. I had an idea of what I believed my life should look like and the woman I was capable of being. And I never let go of the hope of that. And I held on to that hope until I made that life come to fruition. And that's so great that you had that, you know, regardless of what you've been through, that, that that's always been present. I I really am blessed for that determination that I've had and, and like holding on to the hope because, you know, throughout my book, it illustrates so many times, like, I feel like, I feel like the world was against me. I feel like my circumstances were just knocking me down, even though I, I take responsibility and brought a lot of it on myself in, in many ways. But in my darkest moments, like I still like kept fighting mm-hmm. and, and held on to the hope, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did. Thanks, Yelani. (laughs) Me too, me too. As you expressed in some of the chapters, your love for your siblings is a strong one. I know today that's grown even more, and I hear in your voice the times I've personally asked how they're doing. How do you all keep the love alive no matter what? I care so much about my siblings. As you know, I love them, if not more than I love myself. And I just try to keep an empathetic heart and attitude. I hold a type of responsibility for them being that I am the oldest child. I try to lead by example. I try to encourage them and keep our family traditions alive. One being since Christmas is coming, like we have always had most the most beautiful Christmas Eves together mm-hmm. and you know, them at, at my house. I cannot imagine what losing both of your parents at different points in life could do to a person and how it would feel. How has the pain that came with your father's passing when you were younger versus your mother's a few years ago guided you to find something better for yourself? When my father passed, I was just 15 years old and I was looking to numb the pain away at that time. I was very immature. I had no coping skills at all. The only solution I utilized was drugs and alcohol. But when my mother passed, it was very different. I was in recovery and I'd been living a healthy lifestyle for about two and a half years at that point. I used the tools that I was shown in my 12-step program. I relied on people closest to me for help to hold me up during this time. I prayed. I went to 12-step meetings. I helped other people to get out of myself. And those things really helped me. I was by no means of sound mind, but I got through it without drinking and drugging. And that was a major win for someone like me. And to have that support of other people is so important. So incredibly important too. It it really is. And the people that showed up for me 
just in every aspect of my life, it was just absolutely amazing. And the support that I find in my 12-step group as well, it's just amazing, Yelani. After my mother passed, I I shared this in the book, but I'll just share briefly. Like, I we were left with nothing um, as far as monetary needs, and I prayed that night that I'd be able to come up with the funds to bury her with my mm-hmm. father, and my sister and I were able to raise twelve thousand dollars, the full amount of money, and we got to bury her with my father 16 years to the day that he passed. And it was like another miracle that it happened in my life, another coincidence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my book, I say like coincidences are like God's way of remaining anonymous mm-hmm. and the support was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. I'm so glad you were able to do that. Me too, Yelani. I'm so blessed. With everything we've discussed, can you share how you move forward every day with your mental health? So ironically, you asked me this question and I didn't put where I am with that today in my book. Once becoming pregnant, my OB wanted me to talk to a psychiatrist about the medication I was on and if it was okay for the baby, although they're fully supportive Mm -hmm. of it. So I do have a psychiatrist now and I am working with him and I weaned myself off of my antidepressant completely. Believe it or not, but working with someone to slowly wean down is much more effective than stopping cold turkey (laughs) on your own. Who would have thought? (laughs) I did that because the the particular one that I was on, the baby could have withdraw Mm -hmm. from. So, however, he gave me the go-ahead to remain on the lowest dose, but I chose to come off completely for now. And I've been doing okay for the most part, but I do have some down days and moments of heavy gloom, but it's nothing like I first felt when I went on the antidepressants. Also, due to the hormones and the times with everything going on in the world and COVID, it's hard to tell if I need the medications or not Mm -hmm. at this time, but for now, I remain medication-free. I have virtual appointments with my psychiatrist um, every month to see how I'm doing. I also start every morning, aside from medication, I start every morning with prayer and positive readings. I reach out to others to see how they are, and that gets me out of myself. That's a common thing Mm -hmm. that I do. And I end each night with prayer as well, and I center that mostly in thankfulness for all that I have been blessed with. When I bring myself back to a place of gratitude, it's hard to remain down. Gratitude tends to keep me happy. Thank you for saying that. I absolutely adore that, <laughs> that you even said that. that gratitude, <laughs> if you have gratitude and you know what you're thankful for, how could you not be in a good place, you know? Yes, it's hard to stay there. It's hard to stay down with with an attitude of gratitude. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> What's a self-care ritual that you have for yourself that you won't ever let go of? There are actually a few. And the first and foremost important one is my exercise routine. It has morphed over the years from strictly cardio, spin classes, HIIT training, strength training, and jogging. But now, fortunately, I own a Peloton, the stationary cycle bike, 
and I write it five times a week for 45 minutes. It's very important for me because that also helps me and my mental health with the endorphins and everything. And it makes me feel accomplished and good about myself. I'm glad you were able to get that, especially this year, you know, with with, um, the pandemic and everything going on. I know. I'm so lucky. I love it. I am obsessed with it. I couldn't figure out whether I should talk about that or talk about my addiction to massages. <laughs> if you want to add on to it, that's fine too. <laughs> Whatever you want. Well, I I am a massage girl. I am a massage girl, Yelani. And since being pregnant, I no longer get full body massages, but I discovered this like foot reflexology spa that's extremely affordable clean and Mm -hmm. relaxing and in the beginning of my pregnancy my feet were feeling so sore and I was going there once or twice a week um it was so amazing I've since slowed down but it's something I will not go without also it's in a dim peaceful room on a plush leather lounge chair and I center myself piece and it is seriously a slice of heaven it's an hour for $35 which I think is extremely affordable and it's called Thai Foot Spa in Waldwick New Jersey yes I should be an ambassador (laughs) it sounds like heaven I want to (laughs) go oh you need to go Yelani (laughs) I'll make it out there one day Uh, Nicole I love this firstly thanks for writing your book it takes an immeasurable amount of courage to write about your experience and write a book in the first place and lastly more than anything I hope that more people buy your book after listening to this it's short but incredibly impactful so I hope this motivates them I really appreciate you having me on here to talk about my book and I hope that more people buy my book too it is a short memoir but I feel like there's no low spots you know it's a page turner oh my god yes I was reading this like there's no, there's no down spots where you're like, okay, can't wait to get, like you yes. want to just keep reading yes. all in one sitting. Please believe us. <laughs> it definitely did. I, I read it in one day. Um, and not only because it's short, but definitely like you don't even want to stop reading. Yelani, I'm so, I'm really so grateful that you had me on here. And please everyone, if you would like to check out my book, it's It's on Amazon and it's on Kindle called Beautifully Broken. You might have to type in my name as well. There are a couple other Mm -hmm. titles that are the same. So it's Nicole Antonekia and that is a hard last name. So I'll spell it A-N-T-O-N-E-C-C-H-I-A. And it's like I said, it's on Amazon and on Kindle. And it's only $10, and it's well worth the read. Absolutely. I agree. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for sharing that. I will also put it in our show notes and a link to your book as well. Ilani, thank you so, so much. Thanks for tuning in this week to Ilani Talks. Refer to the show notes for details we discussed in this episode and more about the guest. To get in touch, send a DM on Instagram at Ilani Talks. And if you enjoy this podcast, visit ilanitalks.com to sign up for the newsletter at the very bottom of the homepage. By signing up, you'll receive exclusive information that only subscribers get. Until the next one, with all my love, Ilani.